0: and for the world at large. Let's begin. Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today we're gonna be talking about healing and integrating our sexual identity. So in today's episode, I'll be talking about how to heal and integrate our sexual identity after we've experienced experienced sexual wounding experiences, uh, after sexual trauma. We're going to discuss some of the signs that you have, may have been sexually wounded, that you're in possession of a sexual wound. And I'm going to offer some personal insights and uh, tips on how to heal one's sexual identity and integrate it into your daily life. So to begin, our sexual identity begins developing in childhood and adolescence, and if done healthily, you know, with proper mirroring and attunement by primary caregivers of safe environment to nurture the sexual sense of self, the individual is going to enter into adulthood with a healthy relationship to their sexuality, they'll be sexually aware, and be comfortable sharing their sexual identity with others who they feel safe with and in a healthy and relationship-appropriate way. So according to Sigmund Freud, uh, the life force energy is a sexual energy, and he refers to this as the libido. So the libido, according to Freud, describes the energy created by survival and sexual instincts. Freud explained that the libido is part of the id and is the driving force of all our behaviors. So I'm going to quote from verywell.com just to, uh, to expound on what Freud discovered. Sigmund Freud believed that personality development, happened through a series of childhood stages in which the pleasure-seeking energies of the id become focused on certain erogenous areas. An erogenous zone is characterized, characterized as an area of the body that is particularly sensitive to stimulation. During the five psychosexual stages, which are the oral, anal, phallic, latent, and genital stages, the erogenous zones associated with each stage serves as a source of pleasure. The psychosexual energy, or libido, was described as the driving force behind behavior. Psychoanalytic theory suggested that the personality is most established by the age of five. Early experiences play a large role in personality development and continue to influence behavior later on in life. Each stage of development is marked by conflicts that can help build growth or stifle development depending on how they are resolved. In these psychosexual stages, if they are completed, a healthy personality is the result. If certain issues are not resolved at the appropriate age, fixation can occur. A fixation is a persistent focus on an earlier psychosexual stage. Until this conflict is resolved, the individual will remain stuck in this stage. A person who is fixated at the oral stage, for example, may be over-dependent on others and may seek oral stimulation through smoking, drinking, or eating. And that completes some of the insights from very Well. Now, you may not agree with Sigmund Freud, and many people don't. Where I do agree with him is that our sexual energy is with us from birth, from birth and not just something that begins in adolescence and in puberty. And I agree with him that that the sexual energy and, and the life force energy of who we are are really one and the same. It's a creative force, a very powerful force, and a trauma to this life force energy uh, will be a wound to the sense of self, and it's going to diminish and injure a person at a very core level, which uh, ultimately is going to affect the individual's relationship with their sexual identity and thus cause issues with the personality development and the subsequent intimate relationships they have. As a result later on in life so the way i see it is to have childhood wounds is to most certainly have sexual wounds because someone who's been traumatized and abused in childhood uh, will often because of those wounds to the self and because our sexuality is so core to who we are is going to usually have a troubled or d- distorted and a shame-based relationship to their to their sexuality and to sex itself so now let's talk about why and how our sexuality and and sexual identity develops and ultimately how it gets injured So we're being modeled our sexual identity by the way our parents behave toward each other and toward us. So if we have parents who are open, transparent, comfortable in their body, you know, they show each other healthy affection, we're gonna see this as normal, we're gonna normalize it, and we're gonna develop our sexual identity modeled after this, and thus it's gonna be healthy, it's gonna be integrated. If we saw our parents Uh, let's say, have hush-hush attitudes regarding sex, they were ashamed of it, that's they didn't have conversations, right, about the birds and the bees. If they rejected their own sexuality or if they were maybe overly sexual, which is also shame-based, let's say they were promiscuous or they lacked healthy sexual boundaries, we're going to receive the message that our sexuality is shameful, something to be ashamed of, and very often we'll either uh, deny it within ourselves, reject it, or we may may act out and be overly sexual. Now here is where things begin to get catastrophic so our sexual energy particularly during puberty begins to come through in a very very powerful way if we do not have proper care proper caregivers and people around us who can help us in accepting loving and integrating this sexual energy into our life into our personality in a healthy way mostly by them doing it for themselves we are going to develop sexual shame we may even split off from our sexuality and as a result we're going to suffer in many different and very profound ways now, specifically in puberty, our bodies right, start to change, and if these changes, uh, which can be f- quite frightening if you're not sure what they are and why they're happening you know, to the child and ultimately to the early, early adolescent, if they're not embraced with compassion, acceptance, education, and unconditional positive, positive regard, we may begin to treat our sexual identity as something that's shameful, reject-worthy, and we may even hate our sexuality and, and hate sex altogether. So in essence, for our sexual identity to be healthy, it needs the proper environment, validation, acceptance, and the emotional, let's say spiritual nutrients, so it can be integrated properly into the individual's personality and sense of self. Uh, Less is it about being or creating this sexual identity as much as it is allowing it to flow through you and giving it the space and the nutrients and the environment so it can develop and shine through uh, much in the way our sense of self needs that to happen, for it to, to thrive, for it to grow. Now, in addition, you, something like peer pressure is going to play a pivotal role. When we are reaching adolescence, we're going through school, we're looking to our peers for this validation, and uh, or ultimately we're fighting for our autonomy as a sexual person, as a, as a, as a human being, but a, as a sexual person as well, and uh, this specifically in adolescence. So at that time, when... Peer acceptance and validation is particularly important if the child's uh, in their development, if they do not have uh, the reception, if they're not received well, let's say they're judged or mocked or rejected for their differences, uh, then ultimately that's going to lead to the individual, the child, the adolescent rejecting themselves and feeling ashamed of their own sexuality, their sexual identity. Now, let's take this this a step further, when society starts to put pressure on our youth to, say, look a certain way, uh, let's say live up to a specific ideal standard of perfection, uh, it creates a breeding breeding ground for sexual shame, sexual rejection, and all the the mental illnesses and personality development disruptions that accompany it. And just a side note, this is something that I learned from Dr. Gabor Mate. Uh, He says that social engineers are very keenly aware of how uh, adolescents are developing this sense of self, specifically their, their, their sexual identity, and uh, they know very well how to shame adolescents for their sexuality, making them feel badly about themselves, and they're marketing a product to relieve that sense of induced shame and ultimately making a profit off, off of it. And uh, this just adding, you know, the point here is just to, to explain how, how just difficult it is to develop a sense of self, a sexual identity, uh, with all the pitfalls and development and ultimately from cultures, from society, and, uh, and around us. So we see from here that something so pivotal to our maturation of the self and the personality can go hardly wrong, leading to sexual shame, low self-esteem, poor body image, self-hating and rejecting attitudes, uh, and in so many instances, uh, sadly, suicide. So here are some of the signs that you might be in a possession of a sexual wound, a wounded, a sexual identity that is, that is wounded. Firstly, seeing sex as something that's gross or shameful, uh, having a difficult time getting excited over sex, or perhaps getting excited but also repulsed at the idea of it altogether. Uh, Experiencing shame and self-criticism when engaged in sexual activity. Uh, Difficult time reaching a climax. Uh, Included in this is a difficult time letting go or trusting the body in its functions or or trusting our partner. Uh, Terrified of judgments from ourself and our intimate partners. Perhaps we're extremely critical of our body. Let's say hyper-focused on our body flaws. Uncomfortable with and an aversion to sexual tension, uh, hyper-focused and critical of any form of sexual activity, seeing it as sort of a performance. So in essence, you're seeing sex as a a performance as something that needs to be displayed uh, rather than a shared act of self-expression and intimacy and love. Uh, Next is having sex or having intimacy to please others, but not getting any benefit from it. Uh, Experiencing shame, self-disgust and self-criticism after climaxing, uh, denying or rejecting your sexuality entirely. Uh, feeling unsafe in your body, feeling uncomfortable in your body, having a difficult time seeing oneself as sexual or as sexy, uh, seeing one's self and one's body as sexually unattractive or gross, uh, let's say sexual promiscuity or hyper being hypersexual, perhaps overly flirtatious, uh, sexual addictions such as pornography or compulsive masturbation, uh, being attracted to but also simultaneously hating the opposite sex, uh, or the same sex if there's a homosexuality, um, hating one's sexual des- drives and desires and fantasies, seeing them as uh, entirely inappropriate, uh, desperate for sexual validation to the point of putting oneself in p- potentially dangerous situations to get it, uh, and finally, terrified of sexual rejection to the point of either avoiding sexual relationships altogether or shape-shifting or de- and developing a sort of a false self to become the object of other people's sexual desire to get... Uh, not rejected to get the validation. So so those are some of the signs, and if they resonate with you, chances are you are in a possession of a wounded uh, sexual identity, and uh, shortly I'm going to go into how we can work to heal that. So I want to share, before I do, I want to share some personal experiences, uh, resonate some of my struggle with, with sexual shame and developing a sexual identity. Uh, I, I struggled with unbelievable pain and sexual shame, and, and frankly, uh, sexual shame just for the longest time, honestly, since childhood. And I hated my body. I saw sex as grotesque, saw it as shameful, and, and uh, ultimately, because of which, uh, as a result, I rejected my sexuality. Now, needless to say, these attitudes led to a whole host of mental health issues and, uh, and personality disturb- disturbances that were very destructive. Now, I consider myself to be very sexual and I, and I, I, I see it as sort of who I am. I am, I am. I am a sexual being, right? We all are. And, and therefore, not being mirrored a healthy sexual identity and, but not only that, being shamed for any sexual expression early on in my childhood by my parents and family of origin uh, resulted in a deep, deep uh, sexual wound, uh, many sexual wounds that really were devastating to my sense of self, my self-esteem, and then ultimately my intimate relationships later on. And what I now know is that my parents themselves felt this way about themselves. Ultimately, it's been transmitted generational, intergenerationally, and they transferred their self-disgust and rejection of their sexual identity in shame to me. And growing up, no one ever talked about sex, right? I, I didn't even find out what sex was until 14 years old, which is, is just ridiculous. And, and, and frankly, that was traumatizing in and of itself. And the way I found out was through disturbing avenues like pornography and, and conversations which, with friends who were immature, derogatory, and frankly, just unaware, misinformed. And as a result of that, my sexual identity was just riddled, you know, with shame, with misinformation, false beliefs, negative core beliefs, and uh, most certainly was not uh, accepted. It wasn't integrated. I've been on a journey now to, to heal this and to understand the damage inflicted on my sexuality and my relationship to sex for years, and uh, I can say I've come a long way. But but that being said, it's still a struggle. Uh, and and the more I do heal, the more perspective I get on just how disturbed and damaging uh, it was going through what I went through, and ultimately how how many people in in society are in fact also struggling with their relationship to to their sexuality and then sex itself. So. Just to share some some perspectives and thoughts to think about when it comes to uh, sex is that you know we are all here because of sex. That's quite literally the only reason we are here as humans. Uh, yet at the same time, we are most for the most part ashamed of sex and and are, are very much ashamed of our sexuality. Obviously, it's a very general statement, but I, I can I can I can say that with confidence, most people are ashamed of their sexuality and struggle with sexual shame. So. It really is mind boggling and tragic in that the very act of creation, the one that allowed us to be here, the one that we should be the most proud of, and the one that is tied up so closely to who we are as people, people as human beings, to our identity is riddled with distorted and life destroying beliefs and, and shame and, and something that we are tremendously ashamed of. Now, because sexuality is so deeply personal, it is so wrapped up in who we are as a human being that when we have sexual wounds and when we have subsequent sexual shame, it is most certainly going to wreak havoc on our relationships, uh, specifically our intimate relationships. Now, sexual energy, like all life force energy, has a flow to it. Energy flows, right? So trauma and abuse is going to create a blockage in this flow, and it's going to dis- disconnect us from, from our, our life force energy. So when we are wounded and then we develop defense mechanisms to protect from being hurt, uh, our or, or sexual wounds or wounds to our sense of self being triggered, uh, from, from these wounds occurring again, right? What we're doing is we're denying this life force and uh, of sexual energy and ultimately we're denying life itself as I see it. And this is why a healthy sexuality and developing a healthy sexual identity that can be experienced inwardly and then shared with another trusting and loving partner must begin with healing our own sexual disconnect from our own sexuality and, and healing the personal relationship that we have with, uh, with our own sexuality and with sex itself. So by allowing this life force energy to flow and not rejecting it, defending it, denying it, or or judging it is really the difference between being sexually disconnected and wounded and and being healthy and integrated. And this can be done in in several different ways, which I'm now gonna go into. So the first is masturbation, right? So for fear of sounding crude or coarse, masturbation and exploring yourself sexually is how we learn what we like, what we don't like, what we're comfortable with, and what we're not. And if we don't do this alone, uh, we may come to rely on a partner to, to do this for us, and ultimately this is gonna lead to frustration and resentments and relationship breakdowns. So like the sense of self that must be developed, in order to then share it with another person in essence in order to have dependence or interdependence i should say there has to be a sense of independence so our sexual identity is the same way it's something that we need to explore we need to learn about it know it accept it love it and uh, make it integrated as part of our personality and uh, this can be done through masturbation and uh, specifically tantric masturbation, which is a way of exploring uh, things about yourself. And once you understand what you like and who you are as a sexual being, then you can then teach other people how you want to be treating, treated since ultimately you know how to, uh, to treat yourself in that way. Next is really healing your wounds. Now, wounds to the sexual identity are very similar to wounds of childhood. So when we notice we're triggered sexually, right, when so, let's say there's sexual tension or there's something that reminds me, right, reminds us of something that happened to us that wounded our sense of sexuality, feeling the feelings, right, and processing them through present moment awareness and then understanding the wound, where it came from, is gonna be extremely important, uh, just as we would be aware of a trigger that, that was uh, awakened from our wounds of childhood to the sense of self. Next is seeing yourself naked and noticing ways in which you criticize yourself. So this is uh, referred to as mirror work. Uh, you may wanna see yourself without clothing on and ultimately identify how you talk to yourself, how you perceive yourself and work to correct those distortions. You know, notice your self-talk and the way you speak to yourself about your body, the way you might see yourself as, as ugly or gross and, and challenge those thought forms and negative core beliefs you know, identify where they came from and seeing them for what they are and their false and their distortions that ultimately were given to you by people who themselves had a faulty relationship with their body and with their sexuality. The next and final tip here is if you have an intimate partner, this could actually be very, very powerfully healing. Uh, this is an exercise called Sensate. Focus. Uh, Now this is a technique which was developed by Dr. William Masters and Virginia Johnson in the 60s, and it consisted of a series of touching exercises that a couple uh, completes in a sequence. So a major aim of this exercise is for the partners to let go of their expectations and judgments of mutual touching, and instead focus solely on the sensory aspects of touch, like temperature, texture, and pressure. And the idea behind Sensate Focus is that it allows the couple to relax, and be mindful of the sensual touching experience without being weighed down by the preconceived ideas of what should happen. Sensate focus has also been described as mindful touching or non-orgasmic or non-arousal focused touching. And this is something that I joke about often. I want to write a book about, about you know, it's not about the orgasm. And I think that a lot of our sexuality is associated with, okay, let's get to something. Let's get to a finish line, so to speak. And a lot of a healthy sexuality is not, about the climax, it's about the experience of build up tension and, and ultimately connection and uh, b- bringing uh, yourself and another person closer together which creates uh, which creates, uh connection, which ultimately is really what uh, sex should be. It should be about intimacy, ideally. So to finish off, to be human is to be sexual. To deny, judge, or criticize, or shame, or be ashamed of our sexuality, as I see it, is, is to be ashamed of being a human being. And our sexuality and sexual identity is such a huge part of who we are, and it affects us in every possible way, whether we realize it or not. And when we take the time to face our sexual wounds and accept this fundamental and vital part of, our, of who we are, uh, not, not only are we relieved of the sexual shame and the suffering that happens as a result of having these wounds, but ultimately with a healthy and integrated sexual identity, it infuses life with joy, happiness, creativity, aliveness, playfulness, and, uh, and inner peace. Now, sexual energy is a extremely powerful creative force, uh, creative energy. This is an energy that has the power to create a child. So uh, clearly a ridiculously powerful force. And and this is the same energy that could be seen in, because it's a creative energy, you see it in people like artists or musicians or athletes who are just tapped in, right? People who are in touch with their sexual energy are very creative people. Um, now, sexual energy is also a healing energy. And this is why you see healers and people who are, are influencers or very powerful people usually have a lot of sexual energy. And I would argue that our sexual identity is closest to who we are as people. And you could even argue they're one of the same. Who we are is our sexual identity. So when we are wounded at the core, when we have a a wound to the self, um, we're going to have these wounds to the sexual identity. And like I said, it's going to definitely affect all our relationships. So it's uh, so important to just identify that we have these wounds, uh, embrace them, and realize that there's really no shame in having them, and the fact that we have them is, is ultimately because of things that were done to us and not because we were worthy of being injured or, or, or shamed. Now, most people, I believe, this is a belief, that are, are really terrified of their sexuality. They're fearf- fearful of their sexual drives, ashamed of their personal urges, desires, and, and fantasies, and as a result, they engage in very self-avoidance or, or rejecting their sexuality a- as a result. And... Uh, Sadly, you know shame hides itself in shame, so it's so important to be vulnerable with your shame and to express it at least to yourself and uh, and explore the reasons why it exists. Right to hide it in shame assures that it stays stuck and ultimately unhealed. So when we have the courage to open up about our shame and work through our, our secrets, we expose them to the metaphorical light. We talk about it. We express it. We we uh, we um, work to reduce it and ultimately uh, eliminate it. Which is which is ultimately what healing our sexual wounds is about. Now sex can bring two people closer. It's ultimately the the one act that can bring two human beings the closest. Um, But it also can create unbelievable distance and damage if it's not respected, honored, held as sacred, and ultimately an expression of our true authentic self. So when we use sex or when sex is used individually and then as a society, as a way to seduce, to exploit, to sell merchandise for short-term thrills, and as a form of entertainment, it really removes the purpose, the intention, and the life force for that which it was designed for which is ultimately to connect as human beings. So I really hope that this episode influenced you to take a look at your relationship with sex, with your sexuality and uh, and heal it. You know, if it's riddled with shame and wounds and distorted beliefs, uh, we have a job, we have a duty to, to take responsibility for that identity and to heal it. Because when we do, we heal it ultimately for ourselves, our relationships start to improve, but ultimately our children as well. They're watching us as parents to see how we interact with sex, how we do or do not talk about sex. And I can firsthand and ex- express how devastating it is to have parents who reject their own sexuality and teach a very profound message that sex is gross and shameful, which leads to then the rejection of self in, in subsequent generations. So so important when you do this work, just like a childhood wound, you heal these wounds, you become whole sexually, and, uh, and ultimately those around us uh, are affected by it in a, in a positive way. You know, without doing it, um, we don't necessarily see it's usually very insidious how it impacts our relationships, our happiness, our health, and our overall life. But ultimately, it most certainly affects us on a very fundamental level. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you are struggling with developing a sexual identity uh, as, as an individual, but even as a, as a couple, if you are in a relationship and you're struggling to connect in an intimate way and, and share yourselves in a way that brings you closer, feel free to reach out I'd be honored to work with you as an individual or as a couple to help you use this avenue in a way that uh, that is healthy, that infuses life with happiness, joy, and connection as opposed to leading to disconnection and breakdowns, which only uh, uh, break apart relationships and, and families. So if you are interested, feel free to reach out to me directly. My email is yritz at magnoliahealingcenter.com. My phone is 818-210-6049. Thank you all so very much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best.